He's waiting for the gig to start. People everywhere, but he's away to the side on his own, beer in hand, gazing at the big screen, watching all the pretty ponies prancing past. Sweat darkened haunches gathered beneath them, wild horse eyes fixed on the track. His best mate's packed up in its case, and he's patient, just waiting to play that bass. No need to strike a pose. His fingers walk up and down, carrying the music and with it, the whole room, from one beat to the next. Solid, easy. The punters are middle-aged, a rare night out for them. The kids are grands. They're breathing in the evening air. It's a film festival showing with a short set after. Up on the screen now, the story of Stax, a time and place he should have been. Otis Redding, rising sky high, falling like a god from the stars. Booker T, what a man, shaggy and old, still has absolute cool in his pocket. Early footage of Sam and Dave going off brings eager cries from the crowd. Their stamina's all shot halfway through the set, but the punters are laughing. Sneaking peeks sideways, they're checking out how the others are holding up. Getting into it, age brings something. Reckless, last chance abandon. This is life. Getting shorter by the minute. Soak it up. Dance while you still can. He indulges them with an easy smile. 40 left behind years ago, but is still on stage, softly holding the bass and the dancers in his palm. It's all fine. Then it's over. The dancers holding their sides stagger through the door towards home. Forget any fantasies of staying up all night now. The band wipes the sweat from its collective brow and wearily packs up. It'll blow half the pay for the night, but George Street late on Saturday holds the worst of humanity Sydney has to offer. Best to catch a cab and get out fast. And before the late night, lonely blues start to kick in for real. Cab takes the M5 southwest, drops him in the middle of a bricked up suburb. He hates it in a resigned way. But in this ordinary house, he can quietly disappear. There's a garage for the twin dogs' trucks and three Harleys, resting now after an unlucky break with a breathalyzer. In the plain carpeted living room, he's been writing songs lately, him and his bass. Quietly in the suburban night when some tune floats gently into the window of his mind. 2.30am and he's drowsing with a nightcap of Jack on the couch. And the phone rings, violently into the night, shrilling by his ear. Instantly his heart jerks awake, bumps painfully in his chest and he grabs for the handset. 
It takes a split second for his brain to switch on, taking the frail voice. Who could it be at this hour for Christ's? Old Evie from next door. What's wrong, Evie? What's happening? You okay? She's whispering. She's so scared. He can hear her tremble. And she's really sorry to disturb him, but Jesus aches Christ, Steve. There's a fella in the backyard. Been there a little while. She heard something bump, and she thinks she can even hear him breathing. Under the window. And she's not known what to do. There in her worn-out old nighty, and all on her own. Steve's a big man. Big soft heart, too. But those scraggly-ass windscreen washer guys at the intersections head straight past the car at the slightest curve of his lip, a dark look from ice-blue eyes under the glued-on trucker's cap. He pushes the cap back on his head now and heads for the back porch. Lights blaze on. And there, in the corner of Evie's garden near her window, there he is. The man's small. Can't see how old he is and he's shrinking into the folds of his hoodie. He's got a screwdriver frozen in position, angled under the window frame. Steve hauls in his breath, all his solid body behind his shout. Hey, what the hell are you doing? He draws breath to shout again as he steps out onto the porch and the man flees. Faster than a cat over the fence he's gone. Steve's instinct takes him running for the front door. He doesn't know what for, to chase him off maybe, but he's got to do something. Evie's terrified. She don't want the guy coming back to finish the job. As he gets to the front door, it happens. Not in slow motion like on the TV, but a jerky, time-lapsed fast-forward. The consequence of everything is laid out, spotlit under streetlights. A tableau before him. Completely. Utterly. Still. The scene backflips into his mind. The guy's limbs are pointing in all the wrong directions. Steve's breath collapses inside his chest. And even though he's metres away at his front door, eyes bugging into the darkness... He can hear the guy's own stop-start breathing, as if it were right in his ear. The echoes of the car's tyres screeching to a halt. Somebody's son, he thinks, in the flick of time in which it happens, as he lunges for the rug on the couch, knocking the bottle of Jack to the floor. He flies out to the grit of the street, and it's all hyper-real. The smell of burned rubber, of brake fluid of the man's animal distress, the crooked car lights and pools of darkness, and he can simultaneously feel the pinch of gravel and tarmac under his knees and just feel it digging into the grated cheek of the man's face. Holy Christ, the twist of his bones. Steve flings the blanket over the body, knows for sure it's way past worrying about broken necks and internal bleeding takes the man's head and shoulders into his arms, locks his gaze onto the man's eyes and begins to rock and murmur. The driver of the car is standing by the far side of the road, jerking like a puppet in utter shock. 
But Steve's got a job he's never done before. Accompanying a man across a dark river to a shore a long way from here. He's singing soft and deep down in his chest. A song his bass sang to him. One night in a dream.